Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever, a podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them, with your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. Well, hey, everyone. Hello. Um, welcome to another episode of Best Bad Movie Ever, the show about terrible films and the people who love them. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I am the other one, David Bell. And with us via phone is our guest, Jamie French. Jamie, why don't you say hi? Uh, uh, well, well, hi there. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks yeah. for coming. Yeah, thank you so much for doing the show. Oh, uh, I, I love the opportunity. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you. Um, now, uh, tell us and, and the people listening, um, what film did you bring for us to discuss today? <laughs> well, I brought to you uh, 1998's What Dreams May Come. Now, let me apologize in advance. <laughs> was it 98? Why did I think it was like 2000? I don't know. This movie's doesn't timeless. It feel, <laughs> doesn't, it, <laughs> doesn't it feel like it, uh, that's the impression I got, too. I thought it was like a... I thought it was closer to 99. That's my memory. Yeah, of it. I'm, I'm getting a st- I, I always got like a real strong like, I don't I don't know, like it's got a real 2000s feel yeah, to it. Real, real Gore's presidential campaign mm-hmm. feel to it. I don't know. <laughs> it just felt like firmly within that time period. So 98. What's your familiarity with with this film? Do you have any? I saw it when it came out. I don't. I'm not going to do the math in my head to know how old I was. Right. Oh, so, um, so you actually saw it in theaters? I think so. Good God. I know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I think I saw this that, in theaters. What must have that looked like? I mean, is it's same did thing, only get, bigger on the screen. Did you get like a bunch of friends together? Like, hey, guys, let's oh, go no, see what no. dreams hey, may come. You know what? Oh, yeah. Go roller uh, no, skating I, first. Go see what <laughs> dreams may come. Make a whole night of it. Eat some samaras. No, can't, no I, I can't shame you. I can't shame you because <laughs> in 1998... I was 19 years old mm. and I have my, it came out in October of two or uh, 2000 again, uh, yeah. 1998. It came out in October and I went as a 19 year old kid. I saw this in theaters. That's, wow. th- yeah. So I have like, <laughs> people like are... weird, weird, deep rooted memories of, of this movie. And th- the thing was, I saw it at 19 and I have like some sort of false memory about it. I, <laughs> I remember seeing it with my family at Christmas, but that's, I don't know that a film like this would have been in theaters for a full two months. For eight weeks, uh, really, really clinging to that top 10. I think, I'm, I'm not looking it up, but I think this was kind of a popular film when it came out because it was I, so, I it was so different. I, and well, it's Robin I, Williams, who was very hot at the time, like right. in the late 90s. Uh, I, I think the, uh, like my recollection of it when I went to see it when I was 19 um I'll just I'll just I'll just chalk that family Christmas memory up as a false memory because I don't I don't think but I do remember clearly seeing it in theaters and I think the like the trailer was the thing that stuck in people's minds because the movie itself it was it cost uh about f- I think I'm looking at the numbers here. $85 million to make. <laughs> it only it only made it lost $35 million. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I think, yeah. Gross US gross was fifty-five million. I think people listening to this are gonna 
not necessarily think of this as a bad movie, um, mainly because I think most people listening to this haven't thought about this movie for right. 20 this years. It's a real dark horse yeah. of a film. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It really is. And I remember the reason that I went to go see it was because I was like brought in by the trailer. So mm-hmm. as a 19-year-old kid, I was um, – I didn't have any like real critical thinking skills about about movies i was i was in a position m- much different than i am today where i could just watch movies and not think about any kind of technical anything what drew me in and what made me love the movie at 19 was the trailer was so vague that it was for my emotional state which was fucked up goth kid mm-hmm. uh it seemed like this like perfect kind of visual tone poem in the trailer which really appealed to me yeah because I, it seemed like oh here's a movie that is pure emotion and i was like i, I gotta see that as a sad that, black that, t-shirt wearing kid yeah i would <laughs> that's argue not, yeah that's not not what it is yeah, either. This, like that's pretty close to what it is i would argue this movie works better as a abstract concept that when yes. you have to actually sit down and follow the plot for sure There's well now no and, and by it's scene. not much plot well here's here's the thing that at 19 i left the theater um thinking like i got everything i wanted out of it i can it, see that it yeah it 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 felt like it was all feeling but mm-hmm. i had no I had no brains to watch the movie, <laughs> and so it stuck with me on an emotional level. Right. Now, skip ahead, skip ahead 21 years. I'm 41 years old, and I have a roommate, mm-hmm. and my roommate is not she, – she's completely unlike me. She hasn't seen a lot of movies. She has no vernacular for pop culture, and I can't live that way, so I made it my mission to – uh, to teach her about movies and uh, and uh, just about pop culture, so we'd have a lot more stuff in common to talk about. Did you start with this a- movie? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. No. <laughs> That's a hell of a movie to be. No, like, this begins your education. Is the 1998 no, classic no. "What Dreams Make Up"? Oh uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no. Abs- um, it, well, well, the thing is, it didn't start off with this movie, but. W- I got to we got in a conversation talking about Robin Williams and mm-hmm. his films and his comedic career. And 21 years later, talking about Robin Williams, I go, oh, shit, wait, have you ever seen what dreams may come? Knowing that she would go, no, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, statistically and, speaking, statistically that's speaking, the answer. Yeah, most just, people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just it just like hit this weird index card in the back of my mind. Oh, wait, I, there's. I remember really loving this movie and and it I just pulled it out of my fucking ass and I put it on and I, I'm pretty sure you guys have gone through this experience where you pull a movie from your past mm-hmm. where and and you and you remember it being awesome and then you show it to a friend and then about 5 minutes into it you go Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh shit! I'm in trouble. Uh, what did I do? Oh, this is garbage. So, would you say that rewatching it recently, you you don't think it's as good of a movie? Absolutely not. Which is okay. why I'm bringing it to the table. Okay. <laughs> I, I I think this movie has um, 
I, I think it has some really charming parts that can be like appreciated in a vacuum, like without like the, the cool little parts that it has, mm -hmm. you need to see it kind of outside of the rest of the context of the movie in full in order to like really appreciate it. Otherwise, uh, pound for pound, it's a bad movie, and that kind of breaks my heart because once we start diving into the behind the scenes and, and who made this movie, it was – it's really sad because it was it was actually a movie that was like in really like at least working level, like competent hands. And when we get to everybody that was involved in the making of this movie, you'd think it would be a better movie. Yeah, it definitely – well, Tom yeah. – uh, yeah. I just want to ask, um, when was the first time you watched this movie? Today. You've never seen it before? <laughs> I've never seen this film okay. before. <laughs> because i got to be honest oh, with man. you, I, I didn't think of this as a bad movie, and maybe it's the same reason you're saying, which is that I saw this mm -hmm. at a fairly young age, and I have some level of nostalgia for it, and considering that I haven't watched this film in you two know, decades, two yeah. decades, yeah. Um, I still felt a little bit of affection for this movie watching it. I think it works emotionally. Like, it satisfies all the emotional right. things you would want a movie like this to satisfy. And plus, it takes on, like, you know, since Robin Williams wound up killing it's himself. It's retrospectively <laughs> devastating. Yeah, <laughs> like, it hits even harder in this, like, real, like, somber, bittersweet tone. And it visually, it's great. Like, the yeah. hell stuff looks fucking awesome. Yeah. It's some uh, HR eager <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's one, one of the things noticed watching it this time around though, is I got to say, cause what part of my nostalgia was that like the idea of an idyllic afterlife mm -hmm. in my head was always something like this and watching it again. I'm like, man, this heaven is exhausting. It's a lot of work. It's exhausting. Yeah, people oh, are absolutely. lying to you about their identities. Right. Um, oh, like, there's like oh weird, wait. Hold on. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Motherfuckers <laughs> on penny farthing bikes. I'm like, fuck that, heaven. And they say you have jobs? Oh, yeah. Like, I got to go to work? Yeah. Oh, I, I have... I have so much to say about all of this. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, real quick, real quick. What yeah, we normally yeah. we've we've gone for a couple of minutes. We normally do is have the guest give like a real quick plot summary. Yeah, that would be helpful for people. So for people who who might uh, have never seen this, and there's not much plot. So why don't you go ahead and, and uh, real quick? Okay, well. Well, the elevator pitch for this movie is, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to read this verbatim from uh, IMDb. Do it. Uh, because it really is an elevator pitch. Uh, Chris Nielsen dies in a crash one night mm -hmm. and then goes goes to heaven, you know, like you do. Mm -hmm. uh, later, his uh, widow, Annie, commits suicide. Unable to overcome her loss, Chris descends into hell to save her. Now, that pitch to me, it seems it's so simplistic that it seems like this film might have worked better as like a weird ass like kind of anime cartoon. Yeah, because it's kind of what I've it is. I've looked this Yeah, cuz I've looked this movie up and down and I don't know how to make it a better movie and it should be a better movie. I think one of the weird things that issues I had with it is that 
I almost want a more biblical version of heaven and hell then, which is not something I really believe in, but it's the idea when they, it's like, it's like having hippie parents where you go to heaven yeah. and they're like, man, all, everything's good. It's spiritual. And then they're like, oh, by the way, if you kill yourself, you go to hell. And it's just like, Jesus, heaven, the, the, pretty real, fucking harsh rules for real, being so laid back. It's a real right turn when, yeah. they, when, they, when he drops that knowledge on uh, Robin yeah. Williams. It's like, oh, your wife's in hell. Yeah, so I'd rather see uh, it, someone just fight the devil. Like, I, like yeah. just like straight up biblical adventure just, going yeah, from heaven right, to hell. Because like the elevator pitch makes it sound like Ghost Rider or some shit. Yeah. Like, like Nicolas Cage is yeah. going to descend into hell want, with a shotgun. I want Jesus to show up with an iPad. And yeah, fuck it. Give him some guns or whatever. <clears throat> the rules of the afterlife in this movie are arbitrary, to yes, say yeah. the least. Yeah, and that was. I, I, I think I think the way that uh, the writer of this movie, who is, um, uh, I want to say, is it Roland Bass? I think that the it's based the, off a book, based off of Richard Matheson. Yeah, it's book, based yeah. off of a book, but the screenwriter, yeah, is Roland Bass. And I think his I, like his idea was to – it seems arbitrary on the surface and for a movie that is uh, as bereft of depth as this movie is, it's, it, I, I think what, what he was trying to do is that all these rules of heaven, they all tie back to Robin Williams' character's personality and how he sees – the afterlife based off of his life experiences because that's kind of one of the things in this movie is that your heaven once you die is it's all based off of how your your vision of your life like looking back on your life yeah and so the the whole structure of heaven is now based off of what you experienced in your physical realm past mm. i would and argue mine's gonna be a real uh, fucked up <laughs> fantastic oh, when they when they did the boat the sword fighting boat mad max universe where yeah. they go through, i was like well there's where i would be yeah yeah as soon as they get to hell i was like yes yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no i like oh that. man i like that it is like because so much of it is based on his wife's paintings like the movie yeah, like Dave mentioned, this movie almost works better as an abstract, and it is kind of like it's almost literally like an impressionist painting, right? Of it is in and that life and, and emotions and it stuff. Definitely makes the most sense if you don't take any of it literally, in even in the sense that like none of the his family, because the idea is his 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 uh, his kids die in a car accident, then he dies, mm -hmm. and then his wife kills herself, and they see all of them. In the afterlife, I would argue that none of that, it's all happening. Even the reincarnation is all in his head because otherwise yeah. it's I, all in his head as the car is squishing him. Sure. Or like as that stunt man is killing him, doing a flip in the <laughs> doing a real, a real boss flip. Yeah. I heard on my nose. He was killed by a professional stunt man. Um, no, because otherwise one of the things I absolutely cannot buy is when his wife has to be, he goes to hell, mm -hmm. is dragged from hell after committing suicide in a very understandable, like a situation that's very understandable to be suicidal. Her yeah. entire family's dead. Life just shit on her. Yes. And then they're like, hey, now that you've seen your kids for five minutes, let's reincarnate. And she's like, sure. And it's like, she would not 
do that. No, the ending is bullshit. <laughs> hey, you know how life was terrible and you finally are seeing your dead kids? Let's go back to life. And that felt like, like no. that felt no. like a producer's note or something. We're like, can they go back to life? Because this is real grim. I'm like, right. because it ends with them being like triumphantly reunited in heaven. Yeah. I'm like, you won. A producer's still like, well, they're dead, so therefore like, I've lost. Yeah, yeah, but like in fucking awesome space world. I like, know. They're in Asgard. I know. It, that's why well, I would argue that it's all Robin Williams. Might be, yeah. It well, be- here's here's the thing, guys. <laughs> when I saw when I saw this at 19, it made a. I think, I think it really hit its mark with the audience it was going for because it hit me. I, I walked away from it completely satisfied because it hit my like all my emotional beats. I think the thing that I brought mm-hmm. away that I took away from it was. Um, and this is like part and parcel of being a teenager. I, 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 I wasn't aware enough to like dissect the, like the quote unquote themes of the movie or think about it on a technical level or a writing level whatsoever. I think what it gave to me at that time was um, like, you know, you're 19, you go through like, you're constantly tragic. Yeah, and yeah. you're going through things like unrequited love. And I think, like, it's that last, like, fucking sixth of the movie mm-hmm. where where we're seeing Robin Williams interact with his uh, wife who can't respond to him. And he has all the love and and he can't get from her the thing that he needs. He can't get his love reciprocated. And that I recognize that as a 19 year old right away and that's what hit me hard and i I just like and that's that's fine when you're 19 i go back at 40 and this movie's so problematic when the movie starts when the movie starts the first and this is this is what i was talking about i put this movie on for my roommate Mm -hmm. and i went oh no oh no uh, it starts, we have a top-down shot of uh, Robin Williams in a boat. He's in fucking Italy taking a vacation. The fucking uh, nautical mute meet cute. Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? It's not only that, it's it's worse because it's trying so hard. For, the first thing you notice, and you can notice when the camera's way back, that Robin Williams is wearing a wig. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to make him look way younger. They did de-age him, and it's very funny. Yeah, it's so fucking bad. <clears throat> and so we zoom in on Robin Williams, and uh, and here's one of the things as a grown-up that threw me off. You, Robin Williams, should be able to work for any movie. If you get Robin Williams, that's a good fucking get. And yeah, for sure. Immediately, immediately, this whole first scene that opens the movie is supposed to like remind or supposed to inform us that we are watching two people that are soulmates and it's so fucking cloying it's uh so first of all robin williams improv you know uh prowess i i I, it's it like stomps all over the like uh like that romantic vibe that they're doing because he can't he can't act and improv at the same time unless it's 
very specific they, and, and like his direction in this scene was like, yo, you know, just be, just be funny. Cause she's going to be won over by your charm. And it's just like, they lean on that. And then they show a montage where they've spent the last 16 years laughing. Like they just keep <laughs> yeah. laughing. Yeah. I was like, is there a gas leak? <laughs> yeah. Like, is this all just, did they all well, die in their sleep and we're watching the fantasy? Look, look, I mean, there's, there's so many bad things that are like front loaded. It's like front-loaded badness. First of all, I call this movie uh, What Dreams May Come, also known as uh, uh, Dissolve Transitions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's all – that's like every scene transition. Also, Every scene. He, when, we, when we cut to him like years later after his, you know, his children have died – um, he's Patch Adams. Yeah, I wrote that too. <laughs> oh, he became Patch Adams. That's in my notes. <laughs> We're so skipping ahead. Uh, here's also nothing like <laughs> on it uh, again. Now that that whole like I looked up the editor for this movie. I was mm -hmm. like, who's making this trans? Who's making these transitions? Why and why are they the most? I started counting down the dissolve uh, transitions in the movie in the first. 10 minutes of the movie there are literally 10 dissolve transitions at that mm. point i gave up i stopped <laughs> i stopped my tally sheet mm -hmm. uh there's also this horrible horrible use of bad slow-mo and by bad i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking yes, about yes they do yeah. it a there, couple of times it's really weird oh, oh no 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 not just a couple of times now you could tell at the front up like at the front part of the movie they actually did speed up the camera they probably shot it maybe i don't know 60 fps or or higher to get some actual slow-mo shots but then all throughout the movie and it usually happens about like 40 frames at the end of a, a like a scene or a snippet for some reason they artificially slow it down and yeah. i'm sure this was like shot on film but they didn't even have like the wherewithal to like do frame blending or anything to even make it approach you yeah know? there's there's a couple i've I, I noticed like a handful of times it's real jarring i think some it's of this jarring. is a, a sign of the times yeah it's not because there's yeah there's certain like now. there's movies that are timeless but then there are <clears throat> movies and movies that are coming out today and we don't even realize it yet that are not no, gonna no, hold I, up style wise yeah I, I would i would tend to agree with you on that front but the the vibe that i got was that the movie was all the stuff that was shot in 24p was not meant to uh be slowed down mm -hmm. and i get the impression that they're creating this artificial uh slow-mo to like force more emotional weight you know to make it even more dreamlike because that's the yeah. whole impetus of this movie i think that's and yeah on a yeah on a technical level it's like maximum effort zero good you know, mm -hmm. it's, they had, well, they might've also gotten a cut where they're like, shit, this is 45 minutes long. <laughs> that's, okay. that's another, uh, yeah, take, yeah. Uh, that's another thing I was thinking too. Somehow. Yeah. I almost thought like they were stretching for time and then mm -hmm. they, they could rationalize it by saying, well, it's, it's, it's like, everything's a dream. So I this, think this makes sense. Right. The, right. <laughs> the visuals of, I, I do have to like the visuals of the movie are really good. I think the, I would say like the, the art direction oh, and uh, like the, the the look, the physical yeah. look. Cinematography isn't terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> no, the cinematography's not great, but just like the like the effects, like all the 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 mm. hell stuff, the ocean with all the people in it, the where where the people's faces are up. Yeah. Uh the paint yeah. garden and, and fields and shit. Like all that stuff looked really cool. 
And I guess they just landed on the the dissolved transitions and the the slow mo to be like to yeah like what you're saying to contribute to these right. like really otherworldly images to be like yeah. oh this makes them feel like it's even more it probably wasn't a great edit no um, right uh, yeah I think this was a long way for a little bit concerning those uh, slow mo transitions and and the dissolves and like I guess at that time it seemed like it made sense but I I think there's forty year old eyes are we talking about um, like the strobe effects because like that was a nice well, thing where they would slow it down yeah. but strobe it like I I'm oh yeah of they the put a, they of the put fugitive. a mm-hmm. Yeah, they they uh, they also used uh, blooms a lot, where the screen would go white during a dissolve. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, so that they is, do that a lot. I think that's just so. A, there's that is a definitely a thing they did a lot in the '90s, and we just don't notice until we go back and watch the yeah. movies. Now we're like, Jesus. But, what the? Yeah, but as an as an editor of video, mm. it would seem to me that it's like a real rookie move. Like, okay. You, you you're informed of what this movie's about, what it's supposed to be, and you're adding your own little tiny touches. And they ha- and this guy's only using three tools: uh, <laughs> shitty, shitty fucking uh, slow mo uh, dissolves all over the world, and uh, bloom effects. And he's like, okay, here's okay, that's my contribution to make it like a dreamy movie. It just seems like so. It seems so try hard. It seems very try hard. Yeah, it seems like they got that, and we're like, no, this is this is good enough. Oh, here's another thing during the first five minutes of the movie, which informs you that this is a shitty movie. This movie is a nine dollar Hallmark Hallmark card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really this, is. This, it's defi- like, this definitely is one of well, those like really. <laughs> and 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 you know what contributes a lot to that? This uh, it's who, who was there. Who was their uh, composer for this movie? Do you guys know? No, no, I missed Michael. It. Michael Kamen. Oh, that's Michael out. Kamen. Yeah, uh, his claim to fame. You pull up Michael Kamen and say, "Hey, that that name sounds familiar." It's a uh, Die Hard, he, isn't it? Uh, he did Die Hard too. Lethal Weapon. He did Lethal Weapon too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also did. Um, he did all the famous Brian Adams videos. Everything. Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, that checks he, out. This is a 90-minute oh, Brian Adams video. Yeah. <laughs> he also did – yeah, exactly. He also did the um, the uh, orchestration for Metallica's S&M concert that okay. they did in San Francisco mm-hmm. where they, like, tried to make – they tried to pair up uh, in a fucking foolhardy effort. Tried to pair up Metallica with an orchestra. Michael Kamen's uh, involved in that. And the first thing that you'll notice, you know, if you're watching a movie with a critical mind, is when the movie starts, every single second of music is the most cloying, sugary, sweet. It's it's like literally like rock candy on a stick, and it it does nothing to add dramatic effect. It's all there to say, hey, here's how you should feel. These people are in love, and they're soulmates, and it like it will give you a fucking cavity. A lot of it's what we're, horrible. Yeah, a lot of what we're talking about is it's almost purely technical. Yeah, is oh, yeah. what we're going oh, yeah. through here. Um, yeah, as opposed to the writing side. <laughs> And I wonder if this is Can a good we? candidate for a remake for that reason. Maybe. Well, that that's the thing. I think the I think the screenplay is 
pretty good. Can we? But I think can we talk yeah. about is is related to the screenplay how the fact yeah. that his daughter appears to him as an Asian flight attendant because, because he was creepy. I heard yeah. him say that he thought Asian women were beautiful and yeah. exotic because of something weird he said on a plane. <laughs> she oh, informed well. her entire, and I mean, his son came as Cuba Gooding Jr., which. At first, I was like, "Well, that's just what happens when you die." A naked Cuba Gooding Jr. greets all of us. It's in the it's in the text, you know. That's, that's I just... love. Look, this is this is one of the last films uh, that featured Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, before he just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. This is both um, like right after they both won Oscars too. Yeah, and, and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s like his. Um, his addition to the film, what he had to offer the film, is the like the one good tool that he has, and that is uh, like serious warning face. He does get very serious warning. He face. does. <laughs> but the, yeah, the idea that the kids randomly chose these forms—it's like okay, sure. Um, oh, I don't. I, I'm bugged by like when they're like anybody can look like whatever and here's the big heaven city I was like and not one Skeletor huh yeah no Skeletor yeah like <laughs> come on you not a T-Rex heaven would look more like ready player one yeah like... <laughs> um but that made, made heaven exhausting because like what if he accidentally hit on her or like was like yeah I didn't like my kids very much since I'm talking to you someone who's I'm assuming is a stranger right like it just felt so passive aggressive for his kids to be like, right. we're going to disguise ourselves as other people. Just and then turns just, yeah. Old tell boy. You. That, yeah. that is a heaven. thing that, that is a, like a device that I thought would, they, they thought it would be like a really clever deal to do that. And like, have this like dramatic emotional reveal, mm-hmm. um, like tricked you here, but it just at the end of by the by the time you're done with the movie, all it really leaves you with is like this really awkward like three card Monty who's who right. kind of feeling. And a lot of the reveals is like, hey, I'm this character that we actually haven't seen. Like I get yeah. that people want to look like Max von Sydow. I think half of heaven would be that. <laughs> There'd be a lot of Sydows. Yeah, but then he at the end he's like, "By the way, I'm your colleague," by and I'm way, like, "I am your colleague." Yeah. Okay, like, like you didn't set that character. Like, I up. don't understand. That's like the most confusing one. Like, I mean, actually, well, I mean, they're all pretty confusing. But like Max von Sydow, like Robin Williams recognizes Cuba Gooding Jr. as his old mentor yeah. Albert, but as a young man. And then right. Max von Sydow's right. like, "I will take you to hell," and it's because, of course, well, he would take you to hell. Sure, who would well, be your Virgil? But Max to von Sydow meet his dad. <laughs> but then Max von Sydow well, is like, "But I'm actually I'm Albert, except now I'm white and not black." I'm like, "What is happening?" Yeah, and what do you feel about yeah. this other guy taking on your form? Yeah, you, like what doesn't that weird you out? Like of all the people in the world, like his son chose you as a young man. Yeah, does <laughs> like, that not bother you? What the f- what? So, uh, like, okay, I remember, I do remember this. I had enough of a critical mind where when I was watching this at 19 mm-hmm. and Cuba, Cuba Gooding uh, introduced himself as, like, the ghost of exposition past. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, his role. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember thinking, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, that, that's probably his son. That's probably his son. But I'll, I'll let wow. it go. I'll let it go. And then... And then we have the uh, Asian. Uh, what, what she was like? She was a, a flight stewardess. Yeah, yeah. A stewardess. The, yeah. yeah. The, the moment I saw that, I went, "That's his daughter. That's his fucking daughter." Well, and then they do this. 
Yeah, go ahead. No, it make it does make sense because he like goes to heaven. He's like, where the fuck are my kids? And they're all like, you, you, right. you'll meet them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, I would just keep demanding to yeah. see my kids. Bring me my dead children. Yeah. And the fact that they sort of let it go, it's just like, oh, there must be and something the, to the, this. The reveal happened right away. I was like, oh, that's his daughter. And then like two minutes later, happens, oh, yeah, yeah, that's his daughter. And I love the way that they transition that because they're on a boat and they got like some like they're like in front of a, the there's like a willow tree whose branches are hanging in between him. Oh, right. And yeah. The, yeah. And so once he realizes that that's his daughter. Uh, you see these branches sweep in front of the stewardess, and then it's just obscured enough to where they like uh, blend his actual daughter in place of the Asian stewardess. And uh, you're like, oh, okay. Well, what other choice do they have to make that? Because at that time, I, I guess I I thought it was cheap at first, but then I thought, well, what are their other options? They're yeah. gonna do. It's either that or a Michael Jackson's black and white face morph. <laughs> so, I want to see that. Right. Ending people... of Devil's Advocate. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, but then but then you, you skip ahead way, way further down the movie after like the th- kind of three-card Monty of who the fuck is who and why are they doing it. And uh, he realizes Cuba Gooding is his son. He never changes. He doesn't change. He, no. He doesn't change like, no, at I'm, all. I'm content in my Cuba Gooding body. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they... Like, they couldn't get that no actor way. back. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that reveal, I, it just, it would have happened so quick. Because it's like trying to prepare like a surprise birthday party where all your friends pretend that they don't know it's your birthday. Yeah. Where like, he would be like, where are my kids? Where are my kids? Show me my kids. Yeah, where are my kids? Immediately. Like, okay, okay, where are your kids? Where are your kids? We wanted to fucking surprise you. Ruin the you surprise. Ruined it. You jerk. But it's like, what else yeah. would he be interested in? He's right. like, oh, my dog's here. Exactly. That's all I need. Okay. Is that dog? Yeah. Is the dog in? Is it dog heaven? I guess. Okay. I, heaven is whatever you want to be there. Well, what if uh, that dog would rather be somewhere else? That's true. Well, see, the, the the dog is a part of the family, but it's lesser on a human level, so it's a good way to ease his way into the idea that he's in a heavenly state. That's true. I, I just mean the agency of the dog. Right. Like when that tarantula <laughs> showed up in hell, I was like, oh, it's spider heaven. Yeah. Where the hell is and, then, spider and, heaven? and you know what? Huge fuck you to the dog, because yeah. eventually he goes, oh, wait, this isn't, I don't think this is your heaven. I think you're in my heaven. Exactly. Like, okay, well, fuck you, dog. And then we all get reincarnated without the dog. <laughs> like, the dog's right. like, what the hell? Yeah, because they talk about the dog like he's been waiting for you or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And the dog just wants to be a dog? Yeah. Not like a bear or something? Like, does the dog get to be, does the dog right. get all the like, choices? I want to see like the dog just be like the same dog, but with like really big dog muscles. Right. Like, and the, like, this is how I picture myself in paradise. And maybe this is just me. The first thing I would do is big. Like, this is my heaven. Okay. Dog can talk. Dog yeah. talks now. Obviously the dog yeah. can talk. Dog has a snazzy voice. Give mm-hmm. him a British accent mm-hmm. and we're good to go. Yeah. Step one. This, <laughs> this movie is uh, definitively cut up into two parts and like for the like first 54 minutes of the film you can kind of like uh, put a uh, just put a sentence on it saying that everything that you're seeing is being done because look loss ah 
you know, and yeah. they and they yeah. for, they like really front load it to where like again it's it seems cloying and it seems almost disingenuous. Um, and you're like just so expected to feel. First. Yeah, yeah, you're just expected to feel for these characters. Here, feel yeah. this way about these characters because we say so, mm-hmm. and you get like an hour of that, and yeah, you, you think... go like the deaths are rapid fire. And, like, you don't get to, like, spend enough time with these characters to feel any weight whatsoever. They're just, okay, here's Robin Williams. He has a wife. He has two kids. They all love each other. Dead, dead, dead. Okay, let's. (laughs) But but then we also immediately learn that they're all in heaven. So it's like there's no, for the first hour of this film, there's no stakes and not really any plot. The conflict comes. What is happening? The insight in the three-act structure, the inciting incident is him going to heaven, which arguably is a very big event yeah. in the film. So it's considered oh, right. a life event. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it happens like the, inside of 17 minutes. <laughs> right, yeah. but the conflict, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to show the conflict as uh, the wife's depression. Um, well, that's the thing. Well, uh, no, I agreed, agreed. Yeah, the and conflict happens at 54 minutes yeah. where yeah. we see, like, throughout the entire film, because everybody's killed off so quick, we keep jumping back to uh, the wife's uh, continuing depressive state and it gets so bad that eventually at like 53 minutes she kills herself and then call to action in fact it's, right. it's even shittier because again two, like a two part act for what should be a three act film not only does uh, Robin Williams he's told through Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. that hey by the way uh, just got a memo your wife died she killed herself <laughs> And this is a really bad thing for reasons, for reasons. Right. <laughs> and, well, yeah. and they are trying to bring a conflict earlier where he haunts her, which by the way, the yeah. movie is briefly like, oh yeah, you can haunt people. Yeah. Um, you can totally yeah. haunt people. Yeah. But that should Ghost have, rules. that should have been the conflict for a while. Yeah. Is the well, idea of like, oh, he, he can't get over it. And then like, yeah. I would. He abandons it pretty quickly. Well, yeah. See, if I was rewriting made... this movie, I would get rid of the kids. Psh, kids yeah. gone. Have him die oh, okay. like first ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Have like are, are you are you about to explain the plot for Ghost? Because yeah, they yeah. Well, pretty it, much. No, no, it's Ghost. But then if Ghost, the ending of Ghost happens like at the midpoint, or maybe a little earlier like than the 35 midpoint. Thirty-five minutes. The ending yeah, of Ghost happens. where he's like, yeah. "I'm gonna let go," and then he goes to heaven, and he's like, "I did it," and everybody in heaven's like. So about that. Um, yeah, you haunted her for so <laughs> long. Haunt, yeah, that, you drove uh, her to suicide. That she killed herself, and now she's in hell. <laughs> so, uh, you sh- I don't know. You can stay here, but we're going to th- all think you're a dick. So, so maybe go to hell and back. <laughs> by the way, uh, real quick, when he comes yeah. back from hell, his wife seems to know all the rules, by the way. He's just like, how am I here? And she's like, there's no distance in heaven or something. And it's like, right. look at you acting like you've been here forever. Who, who, who the fuck was her exposition angel? Yeah, you're like you. It's like someone who's uh, who's been to England for a couple of weeks and they speak with an accent. Where they're just some, like some some other elderly. Yeah, what was her like fucking adventure actor. that she was going? So I I think maybe dogs have a dual role in this world. One, they can ease you into heaven, and two, if you're a suicide, they are your exposition angel. And so she has to like spend all of hell listening to a demonic talking dog. Oh yeah, explain all the rules to her. Yeah, he son of Sam her ass. Listen, there's not much time. <laughs> so, so if this is a if, <laughs> if this is a two-part movie, then I would call part two 
Um, I get it. I get it because what it essentially becomes is a kind of an action movie. Yeah. Just full of like action movie tropes. Yeah. And you're so very in like a very compact sense of time. He's given the information that would be the call to action and then immediately does call to action. And it becomes he's like now faced with this like uh, Mad Max smashed with um, Lord of the Rings kind of realm that he has to battle yeah. his way through but not quite battle his way it's, through. it's sort of like <laughs> it's like the last part of inception when leo yeah, has to go right. has to go to the bottom level and there's a lot of cool you, details from that the idea that he can also lose his mind yeah and just make it, it yeah, just make it inception just we make it inception we've, we've already remade again we've solved it <laughs> But that's the thing. There's there's so many cool ideas that can be expanded in the full movies, and they did, and those were good movies. Yeah. <laughs> those are better films. Say, so I like how Heaven has a kind of soul smuggling guy, uh, like I guess a ferryman that can bring you. Yeah, like he's just sitting around waiting for people to take on this adventure so that he can ferry them oh, over yeah. right. so to is a that, hellscape. Is he a person that decided that's my job? <laughs> well, I think people did take on jobs, and I sort of get that when they say to Robin oh, Williams, "Like, there's people have man." <laughs> yeah, when people are like, "People have jobs," he sort of says, "Like, oh, that's nice." Yeah, um, he's like into it. <laughs> I sort of get it because if you didn't have a job, I'd be I'd get bored. Yeah. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. And they said like some of the jobs are like coming like trying to get lost souls back and stuff like that. There's got to be a few haunting jobs. Um, this, the oh, thing yeah. is, I'd, I'd, the, do, the, I'd go for haunting. I'd pick obviously. up one of them haunting jobs. The, but the the thing is, for any of that to make sense, this has had to have happened before because there's billions and billions of dead people in the world. So this isn't just a one off thing. Right. This also makes me think about how the jobs work mm-hmm. because, all right, all right, there's jobs. There's like ferryman and stuff, mm-hmm. but then like not, if you're bad at it, people won't come to you. So you're going to have to advertise, right? Yeah. And are there gotta, schools yeah. for it? You Someone could start opening out. a school for it. And before you know it, there are people, people who are like, uh, like, like the people would be just be quitting all the time because there's no pay. There's no incentive. Mm-hmm. So if you just don't feel like doing it, it just seems like the economy would be a nightmare. Yeah. Also, why but not get know, a bigger boat? They they, they take those little boats. And it's like, like you're sweet, in heaven. Get like a sweet cigarette boat from Miami Vice. Like, yeah. What are you doing with this Viking shit? Yeah, I thought you hey. could create anything with your mind. Yeah. It just seems like yeah. there's a lot of rules to heaven that There'd they're pretending way, there are would, there. There would be way more Miami Vice in my heaven. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you take the Wouldn't you take the SS Minnow? Yeah. yeah. Just, for, just for a goof, you know? Or the Orca but or some, like some something. Jet-skies. But yeah. A, a school but, of dolphins that I'm just riding on. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's the thing that sucks about the writing because uh, if you go back to the logic of the universe, well, this is just all supposedly this is just all shit that Robin Williams' character is just making up in his head. Yeah, so this it's is a lot of his rules. emotional. Baggage. It's not even the rules of God. It's just right like, when they bring up maybe, God. They're, right. Yeah, they're just like, like I, don't I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So, that's, I guess. <laughs> that's why it all must take place like there's the part where they're like and this is why heaven seems it still seems like a bummer um because they're like <laughs> at one point they're just like i think when the daughter shows up and it's like hey bud i heard you were lonely i'll bring you to the city and then they go to the city and it's like a shared there's like they immediately show some dead kids floating around and yeah. they're, they're the it's moment that, it's that famous painting 
Right. That I forget the name of. But but there's two options there. One, this is just an extension of his fantasy. It's simulated yeah. social being like socializing in a simulated and, and environment. Wait, and these aren't is real it, people. But is it her fantasy or his interpretation of her fantasy? She does say something her... like you're in my – doesn't she say – Yeah. Yeah. But none of those people are real, right? They're in I don't the know. And, uh, I guess you don't need a visa or passport to go into somebody yeah. else's version of heaven. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm I'm thinking because like if it's a shared city where there's because then they they like use that city to go to hell, mm-hmm. so it's like clearly like there's it's like a a, a port city yeah. where like you can well, go in and out. So it's like if that's a shared city, and like well, what, this is like this is the city in heaven. Mm-hmm. What if you when, don't when like they, that city? Oh. <laughs> right, exactly. One. So if we're gonna go off the logic of the movie, okay. uh, the the daughter's characters introduced like her personality traits are um rooted in anger and a little bit of aggression so when you look at like her version of heaven it's kind of weird and dour it's like there's there's like architecture that i guess is based off of that painting but it's not a fun place to be it doesn't look like it it's like the worst beach in the world um, and, <laughs> the shittiest beach. It's, and again, I don't. Are those think, are those real people? Are those I think, yes? So they're just hanging out in her heaven, or does everybody see something different? Right. Those penny farthing was... motherfuckers. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> well, they're probably died two hundred years ago. Okay, but so like, they're riding their fucking if bikes. They're in her her city. Uh huh. Like if yeah. I could make a city mm-hmm. that I could invite other people in, mm-hmm. I would not allow them there. I would be like, no, like, you're leaving. You take that stupid bike. Yeah, you get that. That's what I'm. I guess what that's why I'm wondering. You ride is that, that back to Prussia. Is it like heaven? Is everybody has their own pockets of heaven where they're like, I can do whatever I want here. Yeah, but is there like a shared area that everybody has right. to like mingle in? Is there, or yeah, is there like just, a common room? Yeah, yeah. or are people just going to start filing into Robin Williams? Yeah, where's the heaven? food court? Yeah. Um, I think you could just kind of go wherever you're wanted or welcome. Right. Like, the, the question is welcome. Because if like you're all like, the- I want to go hang out with Abe Lincoln, and Abe Lincoln's like, man, I really don't want to hang out with you. I guess what you're do not you hanging do? out with Abe Lincoln. Okay. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of worse than that because there's kind of a hell implied in everybody's imagined heaven. So right. the girl, her heaven's based off of that like uh, that pop like book, painting right? that pop up book thing that she's working on, which yeah. is nobody's ever done that ever in history. Uh, but that was her little like hobby thing in her real waking life, and so. Her heaven is populated by all these characters that look like, you know, the penny farthing guy and everything, like all these people floating around. So does that mean those are real people? And so long as that's the heaven she wants, people need to actual deceased people need to fill in those roles. That's what I'm wondering is that is it a common space? Are those her friends who are invited Um, or is it just that like? The quote-unquote city looks different for everybody else. Like, it's Minecraft where you can have different skins and mods. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so, like, those penny-farthing people are, like, in their world, they're on cool motorcycles. They might be, yeah. Um, it just – I that's, uh, this is the thing, is if this was just spiritual, if it was, like, this yeah. is just in his afterlife, his mind, him dealing with, like, this is his version of hell, then we'd have to accept that none of these people are real. That, like – yeah. 
they're not maybe they can make some spiritual connections but like in the afterlife if you're like i want to you know hang out with abe lincoln Mm -hmm. you never get to actually meet abe lincoln you meet your version of abe lincoln very busy um or is this but they seem to present hard rules where they're like yeah your wife's in hell you can go get her and bring her back and they're we're holding down jobs and stuff and it's like okay is this the infrastructure of the afterlife um, yeah. Or is it just his where own do fantasies? I park. <laughs> yeah, where do you park? Yeah, because <laughs> you can interpret so it either way. Where, where do I get my yeah. mail forwarded to? Yeah, right. So we're, we're coming up on the uh, like the fifty minute mark. So there's so much to bitch about, and I have extensive notes, and it breaks <laughs> my heart that I'm not going to get to all of them. Yeah, we won't get to uh, all of them. So pick out the shit right. that pisses you but, off the most. I guess yeah. <laughs> you're defending this movie, by the way. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, and and that's why I want to say maybe the last uh, however many minutes that we want to keep going. How about we name some cool things, some good things about this movie? Because I I, I still find it watchable. I still find it watchable. It was very pretty. And I think, like I said way back at the beginning of the podcast, there are some things that are very appreciable. Uh, but you I mean, only watch the movie for those tiny tidbits, and the rest of it's bullshit. I honestly, I don't think this is a that bad of a movie. Um, I think it's very watchable. I think it's enjoyable. Personally, yeah, I think. I think it's, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I, I think on a surface level, if you just, I think this is a great movie to fall asleep to. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, where, where you don't have to pay attention. I think the things that really stick out that make this a best bad movie is. Where so much of the upfront story is cloying and sugary sweet and nothing is like no dramatic weight is earned. I think there are some really good performances in certain times. Uh, Robin Williams can always make you cry when he's doing sad. Yeah. You look at Robin Williams face and when he's sad, you're like, ah, shit. The rest of the movie was shit, but I'm going to lose it now. Please be happy, Robin. Please. There's stop. a baseline quality to Robin Williams, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think even though it is it is pretty cheesy and I rolled my eyes so hard yeah. at the soulmates reveal. Um, with like, yeah. no, it's very rare. Well, again, they treat it like it's a glitch in the Matrix. They're yeah. like, oh, we, it's a whole new thing. The soulmates. Yeah, I got to consult the books or something. Like no, there, there has to be trillions of people here. Like this, this has happened. But you can, you can break the rules of redemption so yeah. long as you won the like soulmate lottery, <laughs> right? I, I did, uh, I did think that a lot of it's cheesy, but there are a lot of like there's still some emotional moments that you get just from watching it as this sort of just abstract visual piece of art. Like visually it's very cool. This is a guilty pleasure. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, this is like, um, a shitty sandwich you make while like high or something. (laughs) Oh yeah. You don't want to share it with your friends. You don't want to be seen enjoying it. Yeah. But you can, yeah, you can sit and enjoy this at home and it's fine. There's that one key ingredient that your tongue is actually paying attention to. Right. Yeah. The rest of it's just bullshit to fill you up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a ravioli and white bread sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I, don't I just want that red sauce, man. Yeah. Like I, spaghetti milkshake. I watch a ton of 90s thrillers, 
But I would never get my friends together and be like, let's watch the client. Uh, right. Like I you would, wouldn't. I'm pretty sure we're going to well, do Well, we would do it, but that's, <laughs> it's, sure that's we've developed going a, to a weird situation. But normally in like polite society, right. you'd never do that. Um, but like yeah. this, this movie is, it, it scratches that itch for me, which is like kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I forgive it. For its I, I forgive it for another reason that's a standout reason to to like this movie even though you kind of view it in a vacuum mm-hmm. because it's all the good parts about this movie is surrounded with uh just non-logic and like uh that's not good and these editors made shitty choices and uh, 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 real quick side note uh the green screening and we'll get back to this in a second. But the green screening in this movie, so floaty and so awful. Oh, yeah. And I think they use that floaty green screen as, oh, well, people kind of float. There's a whole thing about floating and flying in this movie yep. that I can spend an entire fucking podcast on. <laughs> but to get, back, to get back to the point, uh, I think that like it, it feels right to me to say that um, – what's the actress's name? Annabella Sciorra? Siora? The the wife. Yeah. The wife, yeah. Um, her performance, once everything's done being, you know, fucking sappy happy, she every time she's on screen, you feel depressed. You yeah. feel yeah, she does sad. a good job. She has it's, probably the most difficult job in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so fucking juicy. Like you can look at that just on its own. It's pretty brutal. And go, ah, oh, now <laughs> I feel something. Yeah, it's now pretty brutal. Now I feel something. Yeah, it's pretty goddamn brutal. Yeah. So, so there's an uptick for the movie. Um, I guess. Uh, I would. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying the biggest hit against this movie for me mm-hmm. is that it passive aggressively is like. So when you're you, you suicide, you are punished. <laughs> And they present it in such a where they're like, look, heaven's all good. But if you sui- you commit suicide, you're in hell. And then it's like, well, that's fucked up. And they're like, well, it's their fault. Like, they basically are like, yeah. she can't understand what happened to her. And it's like, if anybody could, it'd be her, right? <laughs> like, she's right. like, I would think it's the person who dies in their sleep that can't accept it. Because they're like, I didn't or, or- see it happen. And she's just like, no, I did it. And then they, yeah. they, they try to treat it like it's. Like, oh, it's just, it's whatever. It's a spiritual disruption. It's like, no, this is like right. some biblical bureaucracy bullshit that you're shoehorning exactly. into this yeah. movie. It, like, like you always hear Cuba, getting, uh, Cuba saying, uh, well, there are no rules. Uh, everything's like, you know, kind of based off of your own interpretation in your mind. But there's obviously right. an omniscient, omnipresent God figure. And he's a dick. You know, yeah, like, he's you know, a dick, been, real dick. And because because if he knew that, like he's like it's such an arbitrary rule. He's like, oh, okay, well, the rule is, um, if you're sad and depressed and you killed yourself, you have to live with the hell that brought you to suicide. Right. And there you go. That's there he, you go. He tries well, to explain what, what loving God yeah. would, <laughs> like technically speaking, spoilers, but like Tony Stark yeah. would be. Like anybody who sacrifices themselves, it's it's. I don't know. It's Robin Williams tries to explain it the way at the end by saying, "Bad people, you know, what is it? Good people only go to hell when they can't forgive themselves." Right, and I do like right. when they're in the field, the the field of faces, mm-hmm. and the shit that's being yelled uh. is like people kind of with their own personal torments. Yeah, hey, did, ever, you did, can did hear you get- one like. 
old timey newsy voice. Did you yeah. notice that? Oh yeah. That I was gonna yeah. say, did you guys get that vibe when that scene happened where he's stepping over the field of faces? I got like a really weird kind of Muppet comedy kind yeah, a of little vibe. Bit. Yeah. Like I love- everybody gets like real cartoony and it's 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 weird. It's like right. They're it trying really, to like infuse humor into this very dire situation. Yeah, it really, what yeah. Be a dire and then situation. he runs into his dad. It's not his dad, which oh, is not Papa. his dad. Which he is thinks it is for a second. Werner Herzog. Oh, it's it's Ver, it is Werner Herzog. Well, what if his dad it's, is Werner Herzog? He's credited as the face. Yeah. I I never saw. I didn't know the part where he was like, "I thought you were someone else." I didn't notice that. I just saw him recognize it as his dad. Yeah, he really he he thinks it is at first, and then he realizes it's not. His he dad. says, "You're not my father." I thought that was more like denial. Oh, I don't know. But the point is that you could run into someone you know. You could be, or you right. could yeah. be tricked into it. And it's like, even if he gets to heaven, and brings his wife out, he's gonna be like, "Well, that's gonna fucking." Because that's the thing. I and I guess it doesn't. Heaven doesn't have to be amazing. Um, but well, like just knowing that fucking exists yeah. from then on i'd be like well i'm gonna th- have nightmares about that all well, night the field of faces yeah i'm gonna think about who do i know that's in that field of faces um the, well the the overall impetus of the what we call the second act is all sorts of temptations for him to lose his mind because right. that's what hell is supposedly it's, it's that's what it's supposed to be yeah. and then you get this little werner herzog character that is just um it was more about the cameo <laughs> and oh, yeah. less. Yeah. Like they spent a lot of time on Werner Herzog because he was a get, uh, but that was just another trial. You know, right. you could be sucked into losing your mind by like having this uh, emotional confusion, you know, right. it looked cool. So yeah. uh, we're led <laughs> to believe that Robin Williams has daddy issues and some guy that's been in hell forever is always looking for his son. And he trips over Werner Herzog's face and it's like, and that's his temptation to lose it, his mind. So it would be great if he was like Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that <laughs> I would. And I've been making care for you for so long. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying, and it's with the suicide thing and with like the, the idea, like I would never be able to accept, and it's the bummer of this movie. I would never accept heaven. If they're like, welcome to heaven. It's great. By the way, some people are having a terrible time right now and you probably know (laughs) some of them. And honestly, they didn't really, yeah. And they didn't really do anything wrong. A lot of them were just depressed and had like, and it's that where it's like, well, this isn't heaven. This sucks. Like, Uh, why is there inequality here? Like, fuck that. Yeah. And also, let me mind fuck you further because this is just torture because Mm -hmm. heaven is fucking torture. Uh, There's, there's, there's no rules, but wait a minute. There's also rules. Yeah, that's, there's, there's, no, there's no rules. There's no rules here except for all the rules. Yeah, again, it's like it's like a re, it's like a hippie commune that's yeah. just like, oh, but d- stay out of our area. Like it's, it, it's, it's, that, it's like you're not actually that laid back. Don't you want to be laid area. back, but you're not. Oh man, yeah. what a film! Ah, jeez. Um, <laughs> I gotta. I think we're 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 about at our at our um, time here. Does anybody I have could any? go on for another hour. I know. I could too. I have so many notes, but yeah. I. I think for this one, we've might have exhausted it. I feel like I ran a marathon. <laughs> Anybody have any final in, thoughts? In the best way possible, yeah. mind you. A man ran a marathon across a field of faces. Yeah. Across a, a field of <laughs> Werner Herzog. Every single one. Herzog was there. At your ankles. It was nice. I got an autograph. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's it for me. I think I've contributed as much as I could. How do we wrap this up? 
Well, first of all, thank you for coming on. Yeah, and thank you so much movie. for bringing us this movie. I don't which... think I would have watched it ever again had you suggested it. I don't think I ever would have thought of it again. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't hate this movie. I'm not. I'm not. I guess it's technically a bad movie, but um... well, I remember like I didn't see it when it came out. I remember being sort of taken in by the trailer and then reading all of the very mixed reviews when it came out. I was like, well, I don't need to see this one, yeah. and then I just never thought about this movie again. Yeah, this 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 movie is several analogies. This movie is a nine dollar Hallmark card. Mm-hmm. It is uh, rock candy on a stick. It's valueless but amazing to taste for a second. Mm-hmm. It's also like a like Stouffer's meatloaf. It gives you all the feelings of warmth so long as you don't have to share it with anybody else because yeah. it's a goddamn frozen food item that's essentially long, non-nutritious. As long as nobody sees me eating it with my hands. Exactly. With my hands, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just mouth, just just fistfuls of, of what dreams may come, shoving it in my mouth. Don't look at me! <laughs> um, yeah, I think, right. I think that's a so. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. I, I I can't express enough how much I appreciate this. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, been great. Where can we find you? You got anything to plug? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh geez. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Um, you can find me. Let's just do the basic stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com. Uh, I'm at Jamie underscore French. Um, I'm also the host of my own podcast called The Approximate Podcast. Uh Easiest way to get there is uh, follow that Twitter, which is at ApproxPod. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff for Adam behind the scenes. Um, I'm I'm one of the Bretts. <laughs> Every time he says, <laughs> one of Brett. "Yeah, I'm one of the Bretts." I work in a sweatshop. There's a there's a ton of us. Says he's a real taskmaster. Um, but uh, I'll give a cryptic little hint. Don't Google me. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah, there you go. Uh, All right. Dave, what do we got going on? Ah, jeez, Tom. We got oh, um Oh man. We got a whole other network aside from Unpops. Oh jeez. Um that we are going to destroy someday. Mm-hmm. Um patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. Check us out on our Patreon. We got uh, exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox mm. Mulder's a Maniac. Mm. We got all sorts of tiers there. Every Friday we watch movies with our patrons. Um Probably not this one, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, we watched Serenity, the we Matthew did. McConaughey, the McConaughey one. one. Yeah, We've watched some real farts. <laughs> We've watched some real pieces of shit. Yeah, so yeah, check that <laughs> shit oh, out, great. guys. Um, we also got a store, tpublic.com slash stores slash Gamefully Unemployed. You can get shirts uh, and mugs and, and whatever else you want to put in your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all we got. Um, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Hey, goodbye. Bye.